This is Juliana Garcia, and we are here for another episode of Fresh from the Hill. I have Topher Scott today with me. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, what class did you graduate? So I am 2008. Okay. So Excellent. 11 years out. I wasn't a math major, but I think that's right, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yay! Okay. Um, so I wanted to talk about a few things today. Um, one of them is your journey, if you went up into Cornell, how it was for you, and then what you're doing now and, you know, how you got to where you are now. So um, you said you played hockey here um, for Cornell. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it was an amazing experience for sure. I mean, yeah. uh, playing in front of a sold-out crowd pretty much every night and, and hockey's such a big deal, not just in Cornell, but the whole Ithaca area. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you still kind of get goosebumps even thinking about it. And uh, um, yeah, it, it was so much fun and the education obviously is amazing, but like, let's not kid ourselves i came here to play hockey yeah <laughs> you're like a low-key celebrity then right or maybe a high-key celebrity sorry i'm not <laughs> trying to downplay so. the celebrity status of this no I, I don't i don't think so but it was <laughs> uh uh no it was an amazing time you know the best thing too is i mean you meet so many awesome people playing mm-hmm. a sport here i mean you know meet people from you know my best friends are from british columbia canada and ontario and you recruited kids when i was coaching from texas and um, Sweden and all that kind of stuff. So you really get a, a kind of a worldview, which kind of goes along with what Cornell is all about, you know, yeah. any person, any study. And um, amazing four years for sure as a hockey player. Won a f- couple championships um, no along deal. the way, <laughs> which is always fun to bring back to the crowds here. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, couldn't have asked for anything better. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. So you said you met your wife here as well. I did. Can you tell me a good love story? I did. Well, we were set up actually. Which is, which is kind of crazy, yeah. So um, I became really good friends with one of the captains for the Cornell lacrosse team, a guy named Mitch Belisle. He's like okay. an Olympian. He's like way cooler than any of us will ever be. Well, okay. I'll speak for myself. Maybe yeah. not you guys. But, Shout out to Mitch. Uh, but he um, – so we became friendly because um, the hockey team and the lacrosse team are pretty tight. And then uh, his little sister – was actually in my wife Emma's sorority. Mm. Um, so I became friends with his sister Renee. And then Renee, at some point, as getting to know each other, she was like, one of my, you know, one of my uh, friends in my sorority, I got to set you up with her. And I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> and here we are, been married almost 10 years, got married at Cornell, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's, uh, it was very, very lucky for that friendship that I struck with Mitch. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and you were telling me a little bit earlier that you have two kids, and one is a brand new baby. Yes. Congratulations. Yes, not sleeping much right now, but <laughs> it's been good. Yeah, we got two little girls. We got a daughter, Paige, that's uh, two, and then a little daughter, Lucy, who was born uh, three weeks ago. So we're uh, right in the thick of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I feel like people who don't have kids don't realize like how difficult those first like three months are. And so it's amazing when I see new parents out in the world, like, functioning and, like, doing all the things. It's just like, oh, man, like, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It might be a little bit easier for the men, I think, because yeah. we're not feeding and doing all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I'm probably a little bit more rested than my wife would be. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what's your favorite thing about being a parent? Oh man, that's a tough question. Yeah, but. that's that's a great question though. I've I've never even really thought about it. Um, 
I don't know, just like when you see your kids having fun, you mm-hmm. know, and, and smiling. And, well, our one is three weeks old, so it doesn't do a lot of that right now. But we yeah. have a two-year-old who uh, is just a happy kid and loves being around people and just seeing her interact. And um, it's just really neat to see your kids kind of be happy and enjoying themselves. Yeah, definitely. So... So you said you coached here after you played and graduated? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I uh, graduated in 08, played a couple years of like minor professional hockey, oh, wow. uh, then got my master's the year after that at Miami of Ohio and did uh, I coached with their program out there and then came back here for five years uh, to be an assistant coach with the hockey team, which was very cool. Very cool to be able to, I mean, Cornell hockey gave me my life. Mm -hmm. I would not be where I am today. I would not have such amazing experiences and friends had it not been for Cornell hockey. And the fact that I got to do that for five years and and give, you know, kids a similar kind of experience that I did. And not just me, but my family, my brothers, my sister, my grandparents, my parents. I mean, everybody is is fallen in love with the university. And uh, to be able to do that for, for other people is really neat. Yeah, that's amazing. And what's nice is you were able to coach kids and you were like, I went here. Like I did all of this too, right? So you're able to like bond with them and share that experience. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a big part of coaching is yeah. is uh, that experience of getting to know your players and having gone through the experience. I think it really helped for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, even specific things like, hey, coach, um, what majors do I, you know, what majors do should I go into and yeah. what teachers and, and, uh, you know, certain classes are a little bit tougher and, <laughs> and, uh, so you can kind of help mm-hmm. them along. Maybe, you know, they're coming to the rink a little bit tired cause you know that they had a test in organic chemistry the night before or whatever yeah. it may be. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, and it's really cool too, because most, I feel like most people that come to Cornell typically love their experience here Mm -hmm. so to to see the players specifically when they graduate and and just how emotional they get and how great of a time they had it's it's um that's a pretty cool part of the job so when you went into coaching I feel like it's probably much different than playing right so was there like a learning curve or anything or were you able to just like hop right in Oh, were there parts of it? Curve. Yeah, were there parts of it where you're like, "Wow, I did not expect to be this person's counselor," you know, yeah, or whatever no. else? Like, yeah, I mean, you there's such a different side of it that you don't know as a player, and mm-hmm. how much work goes into it, and and a lot of it comes to recruiting. You know, I would spend over 200 plus days a year on the road oh trying to find the next generation of Cornellians to come in, and so um, it takes its toll a little bit. You know, you spend a lot of time away from family. Yeah. Um, but it's also a great experience too because you get to meet so many people, you get to travel so many cool places and then the actual coaching of the kids that are here is I mean you're you're helping young men grow into older men and uh, teaching them not just uh, you know things that they're going to learn on the ice to hopefully help them become professional hockey players but professional human beings and good dads and and uh, so the relationships that you form with them I mean it's I still keep in touch with a lot of the kids that I coach and recruited and their families and so it's uh it's a really neat perk. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're still involved in Cornell hockey in some way, shape, and form, right? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. So if you watch the team on ESPN Plus, you'll hear my ugly mug uh, <laughs> as, as the kind of the analyst. Um, so that's been fun. I started that last year, and uh, it's a lot less stressful than coaching when you yeah. get to kind of watch from up top and, mm-hmm. and just kind of talk about what you see. 
Um, but you know, any any chance I get to come back to Liner Rink and and be a part of the program here in the university is is special. Because like I said, I mean, this I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for I wouldn't have my wife and kids and all that kind of stuff. Is it if it wasn't for Cornell? So, the fact that I get to come back here and be a part of it still is is uh it's it's a huge honor for me. Yeah. So do you find a lot of the people who play hockey like go on to continue like either coaching in some way, shape or form or is it like only like a few people? What would you say that looks like? Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, I think it's a little different at Cornell because when you walk out with a Cornell degree, like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of options for you outside of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and there still are quite a few guys who because I mean, Cornell's a Division One sport, and a lot of the players that uh, graduate end up going to play professional hockey afterwards. Um, so that's kind of their singular goal to yeah when they get out of here. Um, so a lot of guys stay in it, but then some for a couple of years, cause it's a grind. Professional hockey is a grind. College hockey is a grind. It's not an easy lifestyle. Um, and there's not a ton of money in it too. And so when you walk out with a Cornell degree in business or, you know, I mean, anything pretty much engineering, whatever it may be, um, typically you got some employers at mm-hmm. your door. Yeah. Um, so guys will start their new lives after that, but a lot of, once people have kids, they'll, their kids will play hockey, so they'll yeah. coach youth hockey and, and all that. And, it's and then fun. all the other kids are so lucky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? great coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's cool to see, like, that's one of the things that's really neat is, like, when the alumni come back and they bring their kids. Oh, yeah. And their mm-hmm. kids, like, see Lina for the first time and get to mm-hmm. watch a game and, like, see their dad out on, or, like, can picture their dad on the ice. Um, because it is like, it's a scene, it's mm-hmm. a full crowd. Yeah. And so a lot of like the younger kids come, they're like, dad, you got to do this. Holy cow. This is unreal. Yeah. You know? And, uh, um, so yeah, just, it's the generational thing and it's, uh, it's neat. Yeah. That's amazing. So you have a podcast, yeah. correct? Is it about hockey? It is about oh hockey. Oh my gosh, yeah. how did I know? That's all I do. That's all I'm ever. That's all Eat, I ever sleep, do. and breathe. Yeah, hockey. For the, I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> and that's not to say I'm good at hockey, but um, yeah, I got a podcast. We bring on um, guests. Uh, everybody from we've actually had a couple Cornell people on. Coach Schaefer came on once. Cool. Uh, one of my former teammates, uh, Ben Scrivens, who was the Canadian Olympic goalie uh, in the last Olympics, came on. But we've had. And anybody from, you know, NHL superstars to um, youth coaches mm-hmm. to sports psychologists. And we try to get a whole different range. And uh, basically, we want to be kind of like the go-to podcast for moms and dads of their kids on their way to the rink. And uh, entertain them a little bit. And hopefully they learn a little bit. And uh, it's called the Hockey Think Tank Podcast. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of do. We're 70 episodes in. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's been... So did you start this on your own? or like, Yeah, myself it... and actually my cousin uh, played 10 years professional hockey. So oh, wow. he went to Western Michigan University. Uh, signed with the Boston Bruins afterwards, played 10 years pro. So him and I kind of go back and forth. He was like the best man at my wedding. I was Mm -hmm. the best man at his wedding and stuff. So it's been fun to kind of reconnect in that way. And we just bring on guests um, and some forms of the hockey world and uh, just try to have some fun and shoot the breeze about some, some hockey and stuff. That's amazing. It's fun. Um, yeah, I love that. And then you're also, so you're doing like a million different things, and this is great, living your best life. Um, so you had also mentioned that you're doing a hockey development program. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, a couple of my buddies and I started a, a website and a hockey development company where we okay. just basically try and 
pump out as much hockey development content as we can. What do you, what do you mean by that? Um, everything from, you know, articles about sports psychology to oh. culture to skill development, um, you name it. We've probably either talked about it on the podcast or written about it or made a video about it. And uh, again, we're just trying to kind of educate the next generation mm-hmm. of hockey parents, coaches, and, and kids. And, uh, you know, the culture of youth sports is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine for all sports, but it, it definitely is in hockey. So yeah. we're just trying to do what we can to provide a little sanity to it and just educate people on, uh, I don't even necessarily want to say the right way to do things because who's to say our way is the right way, but just yeah. the way that we think is is healthy. And uh, yeah, it's the thehockeythinktank.com and, and um, it's been a lot of work. I'm not a tech guy, so mm-hmm. starting a website is <laughs> it's, it's, not, uh, easy. <laughs> it's not easy at all. Yeah. So, um, but it's been fun and, and, uh, we've got a pretty good response of it from it. So it's been fun for sure. It sounds like a really helpful resource for people who are like starting out or even who've been doing it for a while. That's our right? hope. Yeah. That's, that's our hope. And it is interesting because we'll get like, you know, we'll get feedback. I'll get an email or a call from, you know, uh, a hockey parent or mm-hmm. a hockey coach of eight year olds. And then the next day I'll turn around and I'll get a phone call from, you know, an NHL scout or an NCAA hockey coach. So we try to like put out as much content as we can for all levels and uh, to be able to stay connected with it um, and that the relationships are um, are what it's all about. And uh, yeah. to stay connected is a huge part of why we do it. Yeah, definitely. So in like reviewing some of the literature about it, have you seen like any changes in like concussion protocols over the years? Because I know that's been a big thing in football. And if I had to guess, probably hockey. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even when I was playing, I mean, I graduated 11 years ago, the concussion research. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about some of the things that had happened to me when I was, you know, in college or even before and I think about it now, and there's like, there's no way I'd have been allowed to play now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty scary, you know, with yeah. all the research that's coming out there. Um, and uh, yeah, I know that it's a topic of conversation with a lot of players that have retired now, and mm-hmm. you know, hey, how you doing, and how you feeling, and yeah. a lot of times you kind of, you just, you talk about it and you figure it out. Some, some players are worse than others, and. Um, but I think for the most part, you, you know, you ask any hockey player and they say, would you change anything? And they'll say, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if you ask them, if it's the same situation. Would you, would you take yourself out of that? Most people would probably say, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I would because you don't want to ever not mm-hmm. play. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy because you want to be safe. But also if you tell me I can't play, it's like. Don't tell me I can't play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is there, like, any sort of change where, like, the coaches now have to There's say something? Right, because, like— much better protocols Yeah, nowadays. like, most players would be like, yeah. well, I'm just going to play because this game means a lot, you, right? Like, there are yeah. recruits coming, like, whatever else. You have to—like, uh, as trainers and coaches, you mm-hmm. have to protect the players from themselves. Because, like I said, the, yeah. the players will lie— and because they don't want to come out, they yeah. want to do what they love to do, and they'll sacrifice their brains to yeah. to do it. Um, so the protocols that are in place now, and we have an unbelievable trainer uh, at Cornell named Ed Kelly, who's mm-hmm. been here for years. Um, huge part of the success of the program, and he's one of the best. So he takes care of the guys, and sometimes he has to be the bad guy and say, yeah. you know, hey, like this isn't good for your your health. And as mm-hmm. as hard as that is for for kids to hear. Um, you know, they, they got to do it yeah. for sure. 
Well, it's great to hear that Cornell's like super on top of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everybody is now. Yeah, across the board. I think everybody yeah. is now from a health standpoint, but also, mm-hmm. you know, it's there's a lot of lawsuits going on with concussions. Yes. So if you don't oh do gosh. the proper things, then watch Yeah, out. then you're on the line for it. Yeah. yeah. But you, I would imagine that everybody does it for the right reasons. You know, mm-hmm. they want to take care of the players, and, and that's uh, it's a very, very necessary part of not just college sports, but pro sports and even youth sports today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you said you have a two-year-old. Do you think she's going to learn how to skate? Have you started that? I don't really know when that happens. (laughs) Not yet. She hasn't skated yet, but my family's kind of like giving me elbows. Like, dude, why is she not on the ice yet? Yeah. Um, She loves it. What's like like the appropriate age? I don't uh, know. It depends. I think I was on the ice at three. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think for like, you know, like, people who grow up in hockey three is three to four is kind of like a starting point I would say um but she loves like going to the rink and uh, girls hockey is also a lot different than than boys hockey in the sense that it's a little bit more specifically at the youth levels a little bit more like community Mm -hmm. um type stuff so like I brought my daughter to the rink and Benny Sire who's the assistant coach now that I worked with when I was here his daughter is I want to say 10 and uh, so, like, we went on the bench, and she, like, had a great time with the girls on the bench with all the 10-year-olds. And uh, so it was very cool from that standpoint. And, uh, yeah, so I think when we do get her on the ice, she'll, she'll enjoy it. It's kind of in her blood. So. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so I play roller derby, and I'm, oh, like, wow. okay. desperately How waiting for the day. It's amazing. Um, it's I feel like it has, like, some similarities to hockey, Kind yeah. of, not really. Um, but I'm, like, waiting for the day for my son to be old enough to put roller skates on. I, like, strap little ones on his feet. I'm like, how are we looking? He's Very like, I'm a year cool. old. I can't skate, you know? Um, but it's, like, super exciting for me to, like, think about how I hope he really wants to skate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how I hope he'll be really good at it. <laughs> where uh, where do you do that around here? Here in Ithaca. There's a team. Okay. Yeah. It's the Ithaca League of Women Rollers. No kidding. Yeah. It's amazing. What Like, what rink do you guys skate at? Uh, Cass Park. Oh, okay. So when they put ice down, we don't... Your season's over? Yeah. Our season's <laughs> over. So it's like a summer season. Um, but it's a lot of fun. That's you know? really cool. And it's like what you touched on with, like, having that community, right? Like, it's so great to be able to have that as an adult, too. Um, and I'm sure there are like rec hockey leagues all over the place. Ithaca has some, right? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. youth organizations and, you know. From... But for like adults, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, there is a league. I would play in the league. Uh, oh, my gosh. Did you just come in and like show everyone no, up? No, Like no, how no, great no, would no, that be? No, no. It wasn't like that. But it was, uh, <laughs> we would just kind of come out and have a good time with some friends and, uh but yeah. like you're probably still competitive though. It, it you is know, like it's like oh, this is fun, but like also I'm gonna make sure I win. There's, there's <laughs> a, yes, I would just say yes to that because sometimes you're losing and then everybody kind of looks at you. And yeah. Like, All right, are you gonna like? It's your turn. Like, let's go. <laughs> and you gotta turn that. Like, I don't like to lose either. So yeah, that could be an issue. It's part of the reason why I don't play anymore. But um, <laughs> it is, it is fun and. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to take skates away from any hockey player. There's some people who can put it in their bag, throw it in their attic and not do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think that's very few and far between. Yeah. It's the same for roller derby. We have girls who will go into <laughs> retirement and then 
literally the next season they're coming out it's like okay well that was short-lived <laughs> yeah it's, it's a passion right like yes it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's hard hard to go away from that yeah hard to quit it <laughs> yeah hence the fact that like i have never done anything else in my life aside from anything hockey so. you're like living my dream just so like we can clarify this on the podcast except like not hockey but roller derby like i want to like eat sleep and breathe roller derby however it's very difficult because <laughs> no one cares about it. <laughs> well, I you know. I bet you that when you tell people that you do it, they're all that you probably get a really positive reaction. Like, oh, that's so neat. Yeah, but people don't know what it is. That's the problem. Oh, really? You know, where it's like everyone knows what hockey is. You know, but I'm like trying to explain, like, no, we don't like hit people. Like, it's not what it, you think it is. So, so you don't like we're trying to make it go to shoulder to shoulder on the other yeah, women you do, but it's not like punching the po- people, the poles and stuff. Yeah, no. So it's not like that. So it's like, oh man, because there was a, like a pretty big time movie on roller yeah derby, whip it there? Is that what that's everyone's called? like point of reference they're like whip it and i'm like <laughs> kind of like, yeah it's like same costumes. thing with hockey and the mighty ducks oh like yeah everybody thinks yeah. everybody's seen the mighty ducks yeah. right and so they think that that's like how hockey is yeah it's just kind of like <laughs> not exactly a bit. jamaica doesn't play in the world championships every year yeah it doesn't really work that way but <laughs> actually i don't think it was jamaica it was like trinidad and tobago maybe but either way, yeah, very entertaining, not realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it is. Yeah. So um, what was your favorite moment, like, at a game? And you can do it, like, at different points in your career if you're like, oh, when I was, like, at Cornell, it was this, or, like, when I played semi-professionally, it was this. Sure. Um, I, I mean, there, there's nothing like winning a championship. I think that if you talk to any hockey player. That is amazing. You know, they're always going to put the team kind of in front of themselves. And, and uh, when I was a freshman actually here, we won the ECAC championship. And that was uh, – it was awesome. I mean, yeah – bring the the title back to Ithaca and and the university kind of goes crazy and and uh, to share that with because I mean everybody kind of sees the end result right they mm-hmm. see you playing in the games and they they don't see the 7 a.m workouts and the grind to get from class to practice mm-hmm. and how hard it actually is to to try and be great and so when that ends up all those hardships the adversity the resilience the togetherness when that ends up in a championship i mean it's just it's surreal and the fact that i was able to do that you know with those guys my freshman year was uh i mean it was incredible and so that's something that you know you come back and you see the banner up up at the rink and everybody i'm sure we'll have reunions and all that kind of stuff where we'll talk about that um so that that to me um, is a, I mean, a huge part of it. And then yeah, I just playing in Atlanta. I mean, mm-hmm. just playing in front of that crowd is, is exhilarating and playing at Madison square garden. Um, that's something that was really, really cool too. Um, I, my senior year was the first year that that game happened. And so we were the first ones to kind of do it. And, uh, you know, you, you don't know what the crowd's going to be like yeah. and you walk out of the arena and you look up and it's sold out. And you just like, holy cow. And so I think just those those couple memories definitely stick out. But I think, again, you talk just the culture of hockey. You talk to any hockey player, the things that you miss the most is just kind of the guys. Mm-hmm. You know, being, being in the locker room and, and uh, just just being together and being together away from the rink and at Dunbar's and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's the real stuff that you remember and you talk about with your classmates and your teammates. 10, 15 years out, and uh, as an experience, wouldn't trade anything for. That's amazing. 
It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was very amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I know there's some like fighting in hockey. There um, is. Are you into that? Were you not into that? Give me the deets. <laughs> the deets. Uh, it's different today. So with, like we talked about, the concussion stuff okay. is not as prevalent in the game today as it was when I was playing 15, 20 years ago. And the fact that I just said 15, 20 years ago is like... <laughs> really dating yourself insane, here, right? but yeah. um, it's okay. <laughs> um, I actually, I'm a believer in it. I, oh. So I'll give you the lowdown. So I am a believer that hockey fighting makes the game safer. Okay. Which doesn't make sense, right? Please explain this to me. <laughs> So it's self-policing. So let's say you have a star player. Oh my gosh, I was listening to a podcast about that. Some Were big, you? huge guy. Okay, yeah. Who was like he was like that was his job. Probably was to John fight. Scott. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. how he got into like the championships or something. What was it? The like he MVP. Made the All Star game. Yeah, yeah, and it was like this whole debacle because everyone was like, "This player sucks," you know. Right. But yeah. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But so I think yes. a lot more people in hockey get hurt from like cheap shots. Yeah, they do that's what they were the talking actual, about. From the actual fighting, right? So because you're allowed to do it, and you're not in college, so college you can't fight. Oh, really? But yeah, professionally. What you happens? Can't. You like get... you get suspended, so you get kicked out of the game, suspended. Ah. When you do it in professional hockey, you get five minutes, and you can come right back. Out yeah, and fight as many times as you want. <laughs> um, but so, um, like, let's say you have a star player, and the other team is just targeting them. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's no fighting, what's you know, there's nothing deterring you from just keep going at the star player. But when you know that there's fighting and you know that there's a consequence to, you know, being a cheap shot, because you know that a John Scott who's six foot seven, who knows how to chop the nuts a little bit, is going to come beat you up, (laughs) then it's a little, you know, you're going to think twice about playing stupid and and trying to hurt people. So that's kind of like the old school mentality. Um, Not as many people think that way anymore. But are cheap shots still happening? Um, yes, and I think they're happening oh with fighting going down. I think there's more cheap shots happening. Well, that's not good. Um, I don't have... How come people don't get penalized? Well, they do, but not enough where it's, you know, mm. like... Yeah. If you got to go sit in the box for two minutes or five minutes... It's, like, it's worth like, it to take out this tar- star player. Uh, yeah, and I don't yeah. think anybody actually plays that way to, like, hurt people. But even so, like, your star yeah. players, you want to, like, make sure they feel comfortable on the ice. And yeah. if you talk to, like, a Wayne Gretzky, who's, like, the best player ever, he says that he owes a lot of his um, success to his, we'll call them protectors, mm-hmm. the people that if people are going to take a cheap shot on them, they were there to say, like, hey, we don't do that. <laughs> so were you one of those people? I was not a fighter. Oh, so I'm sitting okay. down, but I'm, like, five foot four. <laughs> So I got into a Hey, few. man, you can be scrappy. Well, I, I did get into them, but it wasn't, like, my job, per se. Yeah. Um, but it So didn't... were there people on your team who, like, that was their job? Yeah, oh, yeah. Not in college, because college yeah, you can't yeah, fight. But, like... um, but in pro hockey, yeah. Oh, my gosh. For sure. Yeah, and you That's treat those guys well, because they protect you. They do. Yeah, they have a and huge... you're like, don't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to make them mad, either. But usually those guys, like, you listen to John Scott's podcast. He was, like, the sweetest person exactly. ever. So those guys are usually, like, the sweetest yes. human beings, uh, would do anything for you. It. They Like, it's a switch that they have to flip. Yeah. And uh, it's not a glamorous job. It's actually a job full of a lot of stress and anxiety, because they know they're going to have to fight somebody, yeah. uh, you know, every night, every other night, or whatever it is. That's not an easy job for sure, but there's there's not a lot of that in, even in pro hockey anymore. So um, it's a different game. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a, I'm a fan. I enjoy it. It's entertaining too. 
Yeah, it kind of is. There's a reason why like <laughs> MMA is like yeah, like skyrocketing. So, yeah, so, oh my gosh, <laughs> people crazy. like to watch other people mm-hmm. beat each other up. I guess I don't know. No, it's true. <laughs> so, what was your worst hockey injury? Oh, geez. Not well, I've had like... like six surgeries, so oh my pick one. No. Gosh. <laughs> um, I would say actually, you know what? I would say probably the reason I ended up at Cornell was probably because of my worst injury. When I was a senior in high school, um, I was being recruited by a lot of different schools, and the first game of the season that year, I tore my ACL. Oh man. <laughs> done and so I missed like a lot of that year and uh you know I'm from Chicago so I never envisioned myself coming out east I always wanted to play at the the Wisconsin's or the Michigan's or the Mm -hmm. Minnesota's Michigan State's or whatever um but uh once I tore my knee up you know all those schools they kind of stopped talking to me and uh so I had to kind of get back and um Cornell was a school that kind of showed some belief in me and and brought me out on a visit and when I came out here I was like well I kind of fell in love with it right away and the year that I came on a visit was the year uh after they went to the Frozen Four um so it was very I wanted to win I couldn't Mm -hmm. be a part of a losing program so I was like man they went to the Frozen Four great education hockey's a big deal it's beautiful out here like I legit so I'm from Chicago I thought these were mountains. Like, I thought Cayuga Lake was in the mountains. Um, honestly, I did too because I'm from Dallas, and okay. I was like, "Wow, look at this mountainous region." Yeah, that right. We've exactly. I remember sure flying in. Oh yeah. I flew in Ithaca, and yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the cool." I'm in yeah. the mountains. I've never seen the mountains before. Yeah. And then when I was started recruiting, I'd go out to like you know Western BC, and that I'm like, "Okay, nope. All right, these are mountains." <laughs> so, yep. um. But yeah, so if it wasn't for that injury, I probably wouldn't have ended up coming here, which is just kind of wow. a weird That's like twist of fate, I guess. Crazy that it's like an injury led to a good thing because usually it's like, oh man, it totally took me out for like the season and all this stuff. Yeah, well, you know, it's it it's a it's a huge part of growing up and learning how to be a young man or woman is mm-hmm. uh, learn that resiliency, and I think you know, I see it from a sports perspective. Um, you know, I see kids, the earlier that they can hit the bumps in the road, the better it is going to be for them once you get to the older ages. And thank God I have parents that kind of helped me to learn that because yeah, like I had all my hopes and dreams, like just came crashing down at that point. Um, I had no idea what kind of future my hockey was going to, my hockey career was going to be after that. But they're like, Hey, it's going to make you stronger. And, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, I see that a lot nowadays coaching youth hockey. I think a lot of parents kind of try and they, I think they call them like snowplow parents. They try oh, yeah. and like, mm-hmm. you know, plow. Get rid of all the barriers. Exactly. And yeah. when that's next level. You know, that's not real life. Yeah, you got to care. I mean, it's, yeah. real life's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and it's just something that we try to teach a lot with uh, our website and a lot of the content we put out there is, mm-hmm. hey, like failing's a good thing and hitting bumps in the road, it's only going to make you stronger if you choose to see it that way. And as hard as that is at, at the time, sometimes it's uh, it's a necessary skill to to, to kind of get. And that was a big one for me. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like but it you led were to good probably things, so. an amazing coach. So. No, no. I'd still be coaching if that was the case. No, but, uh, <laughs> no it's fun. It's uh, That's why you do it, right? You do you coach to make an impact on, on kids. There's you, you talk to any coach and you ask him or her why they do it. Um, that's why. They yeah. want to kind of help mm-hmm. to mold the next generation and uh have some fun doing it and it ain't easy that's for sure but it's uh it's a thrill 
Well, thank you so much for coming to talk with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Always always good to get back on campus for sure. Yeah, this has been so entertaining. And I wish you the best. With thank your you. You new too. baby and your family. I'll have to get down and bring my daughter to come watch some roller derby. Um, yes. <laughs> she should definitely join. I know you want her to do hockey. She's I'm, a tough nut. Like, she's. Yeah, she should She do would enjoy it. Then. She likes being physical. They can start at age eight, just so you know. Oh, so we got some time. <laughs> yeah, you okay. got a little bit of time. Okay, I'll be that crazy, like, crazy parent that, like, changes the birth certificate. Oh my god. (laughs) Yes, we have found that people who come from like a hockey background or skating are like incredibly good at roller derby. So, you know. I like it. Better on the ice. I like it. (laughs) Okay, well thank you so much and I look forward to speaking to you again at some point. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fresh from the Hill. Music for Fresh from the Hill was written, produced, and recorded by Kia Albertson Rogers, class of 2013. You can contact him at koa3 at cornell.edu. For more information about the podcast and Cornell Young Alumni programs, visit our website at alumni.cornell.edu slash youngalumni.